0: You may be seated. God, it's so great to gather and to worship, and um, just those last words, we will remember. And how easily we forget. But Lord, we want to make a point to remember the works of your hands and the things that you have accomplished, especially through the cross, to give us life, to give us hope, God, we will remember the works of your hands and how you have taken care of us, how you have provided for us. Thank you, Lord Jesus. And as we gather uh, to worship, we want to continue in the Word and continue to worship you through the Word. And I pray, Lord, that you would teach us. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Good morning. How perfectly that song ties in this morning. If you have a Bible... We're going to be Matthew 6, verses 25 through 34. Matthew 6, 25 through 34. We're in the series, What Are You Afraid Of? And this morning, we're going to talk about the fear of the unknown, the fear of the unknown in our lives. Um, I think we can all probably relate a little bit to that. Good morning to those who are joining us online and those in traditions and those in Kindred. Guys, Kindred had 102 people last week. Isn't that great? That's exciting. Matthew 6, 25 through 34, in just a couple of minutes. Fear is this instinctual response to potential danger. And we've been talking a lot about fear. And sometimes fear is healthy and good and rational, but it's the unhealthy, irrational fear that seems to oftentimes grip our lives and cause us all kinds of unnecessary trouble. Whether it's the fear of failure, we've talked about that, or our plan not working out, or disappointing God. But fear is a natural response and in fact is a part of our fabric for living. It's an emotion that God gave us to, to help us protect us from those things that we need to avoid. It's, it's kind of a, a basic survival instinct. But what do we do when we find ourselves in the grip of irrational fear? It's been estimated that upwards, this blows my mind, upwards of 85% of all illness is the result of stress. Do you know what stress is? Stress is largely the reaction to guess what? Irrational fear. Why do we need to hear this message? Because people find themselves gripped with all kinds of irrational fear of the unknown, right? The fear of losing a job, The fear of not being able to pay our bills. The fear of your kids being unsafe or harmed. The fear of something not working out. The fear of your kids not fitting in. The fear of your kids not making the team or having a starting position. The fear of a spouse leaving. The fear of parents getting a divorce. The fear of death. The fear of driving or flying. The fear of calamity. The fear of not being able to retire. The fear of not getting accepted into a certain college. The fear of embarrassment. The fear of rejection. The fear of being stuck in a job you don't like. The fear of losing your freedom, the fear of chronic pain, the fear of being miserable, the fear of loneliness, the fear of getting old, the fear of your spouse having an affair, the fear of an addiction, the fear of losing someone, and the list goes on and on and on, and you could could give me ten more things. But the good news is, is that there's hope. Fear is abolished in us when we rest in what and who we know. Instead of being gripped by fear because of what we do not know, I don't think that the words of Jesus can get any more relevant than what He wants to say to us today. If you're following along on the outline or on you version, the first idea is this: No need to fear the unknown, because God cares for you. And we see that in Matthew 6:25 through27, in just a second, in order for us to fully understand the words of Jesus. We need to be reminded of some of the words that he spoke just prior to this passage that he reminded us about, and it has to do with treasures in our heart. They go together. These two ideas go together. Jesus said prior to this passage, where our treasures are, there we can also find our heart. They're always in the same place. Where one goes, the other one goes. And he concludes by saying, you cannot serve two masters. That's the passage right before this. So today's message makes way more sense when we use that as a filter. And we filter it through the idea of our treasure and our heart being aligned. And the fact that we cannot serve two masters. So here we go, verses 25 through 27. Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you'll wear. It's not life more than food. And the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? He begins by saying, why would you worry about the basic things of life, those needs that God promises to supply? The three words, do not worry, in verse 25, came from the words, take no thought. That's the idea behind it. In other words, have no anxious concern. No need to dwell on those things. In order to reconcile the message on treasures and this week's message on this this idea of worry or the fear of the unknown, consider this. Anxiety and worry... So if you ever feel yourself anxious or worrying about something, it's a good barometer of our heart's focus. Those two things are a good indicator of where our heart is focused. They're warning signs that our attention might be in the wrong place. There are two things in life that, if go undealt with, can greatly impact, even in some cases, paralyze us and keep us from experiencing the full life that Christ has for us. There's two things. There are depression and worry and anxiety. Depression, think of it like this. Depression usually stems out of unresolved things of the past. So depression comes from the past, while anxiety often and worry are just the opposite. They are forward thinking. So our past experiences heavily influence our view of self and God, think of that, and therefore our future. Unresolved past affects our view of self and God, which can lead to the fear of the unknown. Now, it would be impossible for us to never give any thought, of course, to the temporal necessities of life. To just go through life without a care in the world. Sometimes we'll meet people and they're like, but this person lives like they don't have a care in the world. Yes, they do. There's nobody that lives exactly like that. We need to reflect upon them from time to time. It's when we become anxious regarding these foundational things of life, those things that God promises to provide for us. Then we've crossed this line from giving thought to them to worry or fear. The anxiousness of the unknown. Jesus asks the question, is not life more important than food and clothes? Now, to be real honest, uh, we all live in America, right? We who live in America have a very difficult time sometimes relating to these, these first few verses. After all, when was the last time that you worried about what you were going to eat? Or when When's the last time you thought, well, I'm going to get up in the morning, there's going to be food in the cupboards. Maybe people do that, and that's, that's probably accurate. But really, let's just be honest, we don't worry about that. We worry about what's the next restaurant we're going to eat at, right? Where are we going to eat after church? That can often be the kind of thing that consumes us. How many of us laid in bed wondering whether we would have clothes to wear today? More than likely, we worry more about what clothes we will wear today. Will they be washed and dried? Will they be ready for me? Will, will I dress in a nice or casual? Or what shoes look best with my outfit? We worry about the label of clothing, sometimes more than people around this world worry about having clothes to wear. <clears throat> I was watching this show on Netflix. I think it's called Rotten. And it's a show, and they, and they investigate all these different commodities. And I think one was on avocados, if I remember right. One was on sugar. And I was watching this one on water. It was really fascinating, and they talked about how in America, we have made bottled water a multi-billion dollar industry, and we pay for this in a bottle, multi-billion dollar, while a third of the world can't have the very commodity that we've made a multi-billion dollar industry. And that just kind of struck me. And here I am. I'll have four bottles of water this morning by the time I'm done. Which is more valuable in God's eyes? You and I are the birds of the air. Do you think God cares about the birds of the air? Of course. He has designed them intricately and unique and he takes care of them. How much more do you suppose he cares for us who were made in his image? I want to share something with you that God is teaching me and maybe will be helpful to you as well. To make sense of and to solve the problem of of worry and anxiety, at least to some degree, we have to go deeper. We have to dig deeper in our life and our walk with God in order to better understand one of the major sources of worry. It's the deeper issue of love. That's right, love. Love. At the foundation of our relationship with God, there is love. In fact, our entire relationship with God is founded and based on love. What you choose to believe and do with that love will affect every area of your life. Let me explain. God's love for us is unconditional, meaning that he has no conditions that will affect it. There is nothing you can do good or bad to get him to stop or start loving you. His love is consistent, it never ceases, his love will last forever. It is real, genuine, and pure. His love is forgiving, grace-filled, full of mercy. It is the Father's love for us. It's amazing and it's absolutely undeserved. It's mind-boggling and life-changing. If you're willing to go beyond the words, God loves me, and really wrestle with the depth and life-changing impact of his love for you. If we're going to resolve the issue of worry, and if we're going to resolve the issue of anxiety and fear of the unknown, first we have to resolve the issue of love. If we focus on the surface and we never deal with the foundation, worry and anxiety and fear will plague your life. When we understand the depth of his love and learn to live out his love for us, we find that it's freeing, that it's safe, it's trusting, it's it's secure, it's peaceful, restful. All of those things, guys, are the opposite of worry and anxiety. All of them. When we can live in that, the depth of his love for us and rest there and stay there. When we learn to live out of his deep love for us, we can face the future. Both the known and the unknown. With confidence and without fear and worry and anxiety. This foundational love is not just you and I saying, I know God loves me as a Christian, because that's the right thing to say. It is known that he loves us because he tells us and shows us the depth of his love and care for us. Here's what we need to know and be honest about. Our worry and anxiety and fear of the unknown may be an indicator, may be an indicator that we don't fully grasp God's love for us and who we are in him and to him. It's just like if you're married and you wrestle with that that depth and you have that understanding that, that, that your spouse has this deep love for you. That affects everything, doesn't it? Because those things exist, let them act as a reminder to run to God and deal with faulty beliefs and untruths about love and his care for us. Next time you find yourself worrying or next time you find yourself being anxious and some of you right now sitting here are experiencing those things right now because your mind is on something this afternoon or tomorrow or this week or next year. But next time you find yourself worrying or feeling anxious, run to God and you can do it right now and ask him to remind you of his love and his care for you. Ask him to tell you who you are in him and what you mean to him and that you are a child of his if you are a follower of Jesus Christ. Verse 26, He says, look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? The message here is the lesser to the greater. That's the analogy he's using here in this passage. We are much more valuable in God's eyes than the birds of the air because we were created in his image, right? He cared enough to create us. He cared enough to give us life. He cared enough to give us a purpose and meaning in this life. He cared enough to offer his son as a sacrifice so we could know him. He cared enough to listen to us and answer our prayer. He cares enough to meet us at the point of our need. He cares enough to use us as his messengers of grace. He cares about us. If a bird who is lesser important in God's eyes than we are never has to worry or fret, a bird never worries or frets over the necessities of life, then why would we spend so much time and energy worrying, knowing that God cares for us so much more than a bird of the air? What is it, really, that we can justify spending so much time and energy worrying about? Knowing that God cares for us. We look at the birds of the air and we think, how freeing they seem how simple their life verse 27 can any one of you by worrying add a single hour to your life there are some people that are real control freaks they have this need to control every situation every single person otherwise they feel out of control things have to go their way there are many root issues with control. We're not gonna get into this morning, but my point is this, one of the byproducts of controlling behavior is worry and anxiety and feeling out of control. Isn't it true that when we begin to feel out of control, we do that? When we start feeling out of control or our our world is falling apart or out of control, we, we start to worry and feel anxious. And we start to fear the unknown. We have convinced ourselves that by worrying, we can regain control. Maybe by worrying and and being anxious and fearing, we we can regain it. And out of our worry, we attempt to get our hands around a situation in order to control it to turn out the way that we thought it should. If I don't worry, that means that I trust the situation to turn out all right. By worrying, I'm attempting to make sure the situation will turn out all right. Verse 27 says, Who of you by worrying can add a single hour to his life? The point is that worry is much more apt to shorten life than extend it. In fact, worry is incredibly harmful. Again, it's known to have so many impacts on a person's life. It can cause health problems. It consumes our thoughts. It consumes our time and energy. It disrupts productivity. It can keep us from giving necessary attention to the things in this life and, and areas of life that really matter. It makes us desperate and causes us to do things that maybe are outside of our character. Some people worry like it's their job. And yet... I have yet to meet one person who's gained an extra hour in their life by worrying. No one has ever said, I sleep 8 hours, I work 9 hours, and then I have 8 hours left to do whatever I want. Do the math. Right? We don't gain an hour by sitting around and being anxious and worrying and fretting and and fearing the unknown. Like, oh, now I have more time all of a sudden. Secondly, no need to fear, unknown, fear the unknown because God isn't controlled. Verse 28 through 32. And why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow? They, didn't, they don't labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all of his splendor was dressed like one of these. So now Jesus is shifting his attention here, shifting gears for a moment. We just read about how Jesus cares for all the birds of the air while they toil and they work to stay alive. Now we come to a little different illustration whereby Jesus is in no way, he's not condoning laziness. Rather, he's illustrating his care at such a level as to say, I even clothe the lilies of the field that accomplish absolutely nothing. Worry only goes away when we know deep down that the matter, whatever it is that we're worrying about, is cared for. When you know it's cared for, worry dissipates. Anxiety dissipates. Fear dissipates. When you know that it's being cared for. Jesus is attempting through his illustrations to get us to see the comparison, just how much we matter. There is nothing in your life that God is unaware of. There is nothing in your life that is too insignificant for God to care about. Everything that matters to you matters to God. And only because God is in full control can I say, can He say, I got this. But God, we say, God, you don't know my situation. You don't know my job. You don't know my marriage. You don't know my finances. You don't know my situation. No, God, I got this. And God says, tell you what. Go outside at night and look up into the stars. I want you to see all the stars. And be reminded of the galaxy in which I created that you live in. And be awed by that. Be amazed by that. And then remember that I created billions of other galaxies just like it. Sometimes go to the ocean, east coast, west coast, go there, and be fascinated by this. Go to the water and just stand there and look out over the ocean and see this massive amount of water. And then look at the shoreline and turn around and maybe look at the beach houses or the city that's right there and wonder, who told the water to stop right here? Why, Why can't you just look at the ocean and think, why doesn't that water just keep coming? Who told it to stop here? Be amazed by that. Then God says again with passion in his voice to you and to me, I got this. What area or thing in life is God saying to you right now, I got this. I got this. The fact of the matter is Jesus knows us too well to not address the topic of worry. He knows that if we were created to need him, we have the potential to live life believing we can do it without him. Verse 30 says this, If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you? You of little faith. Oh, ye of little faith. That's what it all comes down to. Jesus kind of lands the plane here. Ye of little faith. 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 Do we truly, truly believe that God is capable of handling every detail of life, big and small? When we worry, what we're really saying is that I don't believe that God can handle this. Therefore, I will worry about it. I will fear the unknown. Whatever it is, ask Do I believe God can handle this? The fear of the unknown happens when we reach out and take from God's hands that which we were never intended to take. Are you convinced? Do you know for sure that God can and will take care of you in the matters of your life? Verse 31 and 32. So do not worry, saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. A pagan, interesting that he brings a pagan into this conversation. A pagan is someone who does not yet know God. Is on, and He's saying a pagan is on a bigger and better hunt. They don't know any different. An unbeliever doesn't know any different. There's a good reason why pagans do the things that they do. They don't know God. They don't know the all sufficient God that we know. They don't yet know how much God cares for them and and the matters of their life. So it makes sense that they would worry. It makes sense that they would be anxious. But when we worry, he's saying, You're acting like a pagan. Because we're saying to a watching world, My God is big but he's not big enough to handle this. Thirdly, no need to fear the unknown because God is all sufficient, verse 33 and 34. But seek first the kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. The words seek first the kingdom is to desire above all else in this life and submit to the reign of God's life, the reign of God in your life. It's this idea that someone is the master. Someone is the captain. So to seek God's kingdom first is to desire and seek God to reign in your life. That's the idea behind that. This entire passage, in fact, the entire Sermon on the Mount can be summed up with these words. What is the focus of your heart? Is it on self and this life or God's kingdom? That's the, that's the whole thing. Seek not only his kingdom or reign in your life, but also his righteousness, he says. Formally spelled right-wiseness, which clearly expresses the meaning, It's a word used to describe an attribute of God, the context of which shows that the righteousness of God means essentially the same as his faithfulness and truthfulness. It's consistent with his nature and his promises. Jesus said here, seek first his kingdom and righteousness. When you immerse your life in God reality, under his reign, and when you strive to live a righteous life imitating his character, You won't worry about missing out. Nor will you be anxious about the future and the unknown because you will be so consumed by God that you will live in peace knowing that He cares for you and He's in control and He's all-sufficient. Let me leave you with this one thing. I like how Eugene Peterson said, Isaiah 41.10, it says this, imagine God speaking this, I've picked you. I haven't dropped you. Don't panic. I'm with you. There's no need to fear, for I'm your God. I'll give you strength. I'll help you. I'll hold you steady. Keep a firm grip on you. Father, thank you for um, reminding us through your word about The fact that we have no reason to to fret, we have no reason to worry, we have no reason to be anxious, and we certainly have no reason to fear the unknown. God, right now, every person in this room is sitting with many things that are unknown. We like to think that we know things, but we have many things that are unknown, if we're to be real honest. And it's easy to back up from those things and to figure out how, how can my fear and anxiety and worry work for for my good. And you've reminded us through this passage, as you've talked about the birds of the air and the lilies of the field, and, and Lord, you've just said to us a little bit, like, just chill out. Relax. Know that I'm in control. Know that I'm all-sufficient. Know that I love you. More than the birds of the air, more than the lilies of the field, I will take care of you. Thank you, Lord, for your promises. And I know that this is ringing true for many of us this morning. Whether it's in relationship to a job or finances or a relationship or whatever it is, Lord, you know, because you know us. And what matters to us matters to you. In Jesus' name, amen.